Well, hello again. My name is Mike, and at Northwood Young Adults, we believe in having open doors and open hearts. And so I hope that when you clicked on this video, that you did so with an open heart because you've been prayed and prepared for. And I hope you're doing well and, and hanging in there during your quarantine. This week, we are continuing our series, The Gospel of, of Jonah, where we are seeing that the story of Jonah is about a lot more than a whale, but instead a story of God's compassion and a story of God's mercy. And so far, we've covered two chapters. And so to summarize, God commanded Jonah, this Hebrew patriot, to preach to Nineveh, this very sinful city. And so Jonah refused. He, he ran from God. He got tossed off a boat during a storm, swallowed by a great fish, prayed this prayer of repentance from its stomach, and then was vomited up onto the shore. And so what I want to do is kind of paint the picture for us a little bit here. And let's just kind of put ourselves into, into Jonah's shoes for a second. First of all, we've all been to the beach, right? What happens when you stick your hand in the water and then you put it into the sand? Well, the sand sticks, right? And so Jonah has just been thrown up onto the beach. And so the man is likely covered in sand, okay? Also, we know how embarrassing it is to get a stain on our shirt from lunch, right? Like, don't wear a white shirt, we're eating spaghetti today, okay? So Jonah has been sitting in a fish's stomach for three days in who knows what, his clothes are gross, and he's just been thrown onto the beach, and so now he's covered in sand too. If you remember from week one, God wanted to strip Jonah of his pride. I would say this was a humbling experience. And that's where we're going to pick up the story this week in chapter three. So if you would pray with me, and then we'll, we'll jump in. God, I thank you so much for the story of Jonah. And I thank you for this message, God. And I pray that, uh, that this, as this message goes out, God, that it would not return empty or void without doing what you sent it forth to do. I thank you, God, that the flower fades and the grass withers, but your, your word remains forever. So God, I pray that you would speak to us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Great, so this is Jonah 3, 1 through 2. And this is what it says. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it in the message that I tell you. And so what we see in these two verses is God again calling Jonah to go preach to the Ninevites. And what's interesting is that this is the third time that we've seen Jonah be told to arise. The whole story starts with God telling Jonah to arise. That's also what the fishermen told him, to, to wake him up on the boat. And here we see God telling him that again. And so Jonah cannot get away from his own personal nightmare. Everywhere he turns, he is being haunted by this command of God to arise and preach. And what we see here is God tells him again is essentially God just hitting the reset button on this whole thing, right? It has come all full, full circle that Jonah tried to run and ended up right back where he started, just with, you know, the whole three-day fish motel stay in the middle. And when I use words like personal nightmare, and haunt. I don't mean them in a sense of God scaring Jonah or, you know, this, this spiritual torture. This was Jonah's personal nightmare, and it haunted Jonah because of how much his flesh and the character of God were colliding. You know, as we know as, as humans, our flesh and the character of God are at odds with each other. So if we are someone, for example, who is, you know, naturally rushed and hurried and easily agitated, hearing that God wants us to be patient is not always the easiest to handle, right? The, the patient character of God does not get along with our impatient flesh. And that's just an example. You, know, you, you can insert anything in there. For Jonah, it was his pride and his belief that Nineveh didn't deserve the mercy of God. That didn't match up well with God's character. And so for him, this was a nightmare. 
This, this was a haunting that everywhere he turned, he was being met with the character of God, contrasting his own character. And that doesn't feel good. All right, so that's where Jonah is at. He's being told again to go preach to Nineveh. So let's keep reading. This is Jonah 3, 3 through 9. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, and covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation, and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way, and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. And so we see Jonah finally obey and go to Nineveh to preach. And what happens? Well, the city repents and it says that they put on sackcloth, which is just like an ancient way of mourning. And so they mourn over their ways. They repent in the hopes that God would relent from destroying them. And we see that they, they themselves weren't even sure if God would do so, if he would relent. We, know, we see the king literally say, who knows? And so the city doesn't respond to Jonah negatively. They actually listen. What's interesting is that historians have pointed out that around the time that Jonah went to, to Nineveh, the surrounding area had experienced famines, plagues, revolts, and eclipses. And so there was already this heightened sense of awareness of something off balance, which would have in turn heightened the people's sensitivity to, let's say, a prophet of God showing up and warning them of impending destruction. Their ears were sensitive and ready to listen because their world had been shaken and they didn't really understand why. Now, we don't know, but it's possible that those surrounding events were God's way of getting the city ready to listen. You know, I wonder if knowing, knowing that would have impacted Jonah's initial response to God's call. But what's true in this is that usually when God calls us to do something, we have no idea what else he's been doing behind the scenes. And I don't even mean a, a specific life-altering call. You know, I mean something as clear and simple as a command from God in Scripture. You know, that a simple act of obedience, it, it unlocks a flood of God's work in the world because of what he's been doing that we're unaware of. You know, the, there's a quote by Oswald Chambers. He says this, The smallest act of obedience has all of the omnipotent power of God behind it. You know, sometimes our small yes to God can be the tiny spark that sets off a wildfire of God's will in our world. And it's not our job to, to set the stage or plow the ground or bring the growth. It's our job to consistently say yes to the commands of God and see what those little yeses can do. And that's what Jonah saw. Him finally agreeing to go preach was the icing on the cake for the work that God was doing in Nineveh. And so let's keep reading and see how this chapter ends. This is verse 10. Jonah 3.10. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. As we see that God makes a decision to not destroy Nineveh because they repented. And here lies the dilemma that all mankind faces from Jonah all the way to us today. Why would God, a holy and all-powerful God, 
have mercy on people like the Ninevites, a people who brutally murdered and tortured other people, people made in the image of God. Why would he relent? That re- if that resonates with you, you're not alone. The book of Jonah, it has a fourth chapter, and it's all about, all about that, and we'll get there. And you know, Jonah was not happy about God relenting, but for right now, seeing God relent from destroying a wicked city, even though they deserved it, how does that feel? You know, what if you replace Nineveh with terrorist groups of today or ones in the recent past? You know, it's mind-blowing to think God would have mercy on those people. And yet, here we are. Now, the verses don't say that Nineveh came to saving faith in God. They just repented of their ways and then this fear of destruction. And so I'm really only referring to this very moment that we see here, right? I can't speak on where those people went for eternity. I don't know. But a lot of times we underestimate the compassion of God on repentant sinners. You know, God is always quicker to forgive than we are. A great illustration of this is something that happened in June a few years ago, in 2015. In June 2015, there was a, a shooting here in Charleston at Emanuel AME Church. You know, you're surely familiar with it. And if you lived here at the time, you're extremely familiar with it. You know, I remember exactly where I was when it happened. It, you know, it was one of those moments. I, I had been married for about three weeks, and, and that night, Emily was already asleep, and I saw the news break on my phone, and I remember being so uneasy because I was thinking, man, nothing like this has happened here before. Is this an isolated event? Is there more coming? There was so little information out at first that it was scary. But not long after that, I remember watching the families of the victims staring the murderer in the face and forgiving him. And you would think, man, how could they ever do that? That man is not worthy of forgiveness. He's not worthy of mercy. But they forgave him to his face in front of the world. In the same way, God forgives us. You know, in that story, we're, we're the criminal, right? We're on trial. We're guilty and faced with the charges. And God looks at us. And because of the death and resurrection of Christ, he forgives us. All of us, right? From the worst, most notorious sinners to the sweet old lady and everything in between. The mercy of God is more powerful than our fleshly minds can comprehend. And remember, that is the purpose of the book of Jonah, right? To be a reflection of the compassion and mercy of God. So as we close this week out, I want to challenge you to be grateful for the mercy and compassion of God that that forgives us when we are not worthy of forgiveness. And also to not be afraid to say yes to God, because even the smallest yes can lead to an incredible move of God in your world. And God is always working. And so let's join in with him. Let's say yes. And let's operate as believers who are marked by the mercy of God and not marked by the flesh. If you would, pray with me. God, we thank you so much again for the story of Jonah. And God, we thank you ultimately for your compassion and mercy. God, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. God, it's, it's unimaginable and we can't comprehend that, that you would forgive sinners like us. And so, God, we thank you for that. And we want to walk in that freedom, walk in that mercy and compassion and show it to others. And also, God, we want to say yes to you. And just like that Oswald Chambers quote, that even the smallest act of obedience has all of your omnipotent power behind it. God, we believe that and we trust that, that the smallest act of our obedience aligns us with your will in the world and it unlocks a flood of your work. And so, God, we trust you with that. And we pray that whatever you have been putting on our hearts, God, that we would say yes to it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, thank you guys so much for watching this week as we've continued this, this series through Jonah. I want to point you to youngadults.guy. There's a ton of information and resources on there for you. I also want to point you to 20 for Your 20s. It's our new podcast. New episodes are coming out regularly, and that's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts now as well. So thank you guys. Have a great week, and go change your world.